Hello, you guys, and welcome back to the Knowing You podcast. I hope you're having a beautiful Friday morning. I'm actually filming this on Thursday, March 2nd, so a week prior to I'm actually uh, to when I'm actually going to release it, because by the time that you are listening to this, I will be finishing up on my spring break trip. I will be um, in Joshua Tree National Park. I'm so excited and stoked for this spring break trip. Um, I... I'm flying out to Utah this Saturday and going to go snowboarding there for a few days. So stoked because I keep getting emails from Brian Head Resort and they keep saying like powder alert, powder alert. We're getting all this snow. They just like broke the record for um, the amount of a snowfall for, uh, from last year, like 280 inches, I think, over the course of last year. Um, or last year's snow season or like snowboarding season and then this year they just broke 300 inches so I'm so stoked they just got about two feet in the last 48 36 hours or so so it's going to be real powder I haven't really like snowed on real powder before last March when I went snowboarding I went to snowshoe West Virginia and it was a lot of fun very crowded and it was like surprisingly warm like we were snowboarding and like sports bras and I saw a guy skiing and like swim trunks just because it was so stinking warm and it got like slushy and stuff but like the morning was fine and I enjoyed the night skiing but it'll be nice to have like a real powder and I learned how to snowboard last year so it's just my second season and I'm going out west and I'm just so excited and stoked I hope you guys are having a really great day thus far um, my day has been really interesting. <laughs> I've spent most of it in front of my computer. I had a statistics exam this morning, which was fine. And then, um, I have six hours of Zoom class on Thursdays, which is not great. And then I had some dinner and right when I was about to go ahead and film this, I was like, dang, I should probably change the kitty litter. Um, for those who don't know, I have these really cute kittens. Um, and I have like this crystallized litter cause it's supposed to be better for their paws instead of the clay litter. So I went to go like change it. But I didn't realize there was like a slit in the bag. So a little bit of it kind of went everywhere. And I had a whole moment. Um, luckily, I have a Dyson. Um, would love for Dyson to sponsor me. <laughs> it's obviously, like I just think it's so funny. But anyway, got that cleaned up. It's just my I'm, my brain is in slight chaos. But we are here. We are filming the podcast. And we're going to get through it. And I'm wearing my UVA t-shirt today. Because this is what I like to lounge in when I'm not leaving the house. And... I found it so funny because I was, as I was sitting down, I was like, wait, oh, my cats just knocked, um, I'm not sure what they knocked off the counter. Well, it didn't sound like glass, so we're going to keep going. <laughs> but anyway, um, as I was sitting down to film this podcast and I realized I was wearing my UVA t-shirt, which you guys can see if you're watching on the YouTube or on Spotify, but, um, I came to faith, uh, while I was at I mean, I was technically a Bond University studying abroad, but I was at UVA um, and I just thought that it was so funny because today's episode is why I choose to follow Jesus every single day um, that I wake up. And I also kind of want to go through and kind of dive through um, some misconceptions about Christianity. Oh, so sorry for the interruption, guys. Um, you can hear the bang from my cats just being crazy but now I think that they're um done knocking things off of the counter we can continue but as I was saying um I want to talk about reasons that I choose to, or the re- yeah reasons that I choose to follow Jesus every single day of my life and I also want to dive deep into um some misconceptions or assumptions about Christianity or what it's like to follow Jesus or be a Jesus follower but in addition I also want to talk about um this kind of falls under the idea or 
topic of misconceptions, but this idea of relationship or religion. So without further ado, I thought we would get started. I have my phone on me um, and it's on silent, uh, unlike last episode. So sorry about that, guys. But um, I've learned my lesson. But anyway, I have my phone here and I want to kind of stay organized for today's episode. So I have all of my notes that you can see here. Um, but yeah, I w- just want to go ahead and talk about, uh, I'm going to give you a brief testimony overview. If you want to listen to my testimony story, I would encourage you to do so, it, it, regardless of whether you're a believer or not. I think testimony stories are super powerful, and the enemy does not want us to share our testimony. I almost actually didn't post that video because the video was out of focus, and I was like, you know what? It's fine. Like, podcasts are mainly audio anyway I do enjoy the visual part of this that's why I do it in the first place but I was like this is what I want my first podcast episode to be and it was really real and raw and I didn't really have um like an agenda for the episode I really just spoke from my heart and I really just wanted to post it I was like you know what we're just gonna do it anyway and the enemy does not want us to share our testimony stories because that's how people come to know Um, who Jesus is, who the Lord is, if they are not walking with the Lord or don't know the Lord. So he doesn't want us to share our testimony. So in general, I really love testimonies because I think they're beautiful. And it's a reminder to us as believers as to why others are choosing to follow Jesus, because we typically know why we're doing it. But it's really encouraging to hear from others. And it's really important that we follow him in community. So that's something that that's why I love listening to testimonies. And for those that are, you know, non-believers, whether you are, you know, considering thinking about who Jesus is and getting to know him or not, I think it's a really powerful thing to hear about. Um, and just to, I just really love testimony. So I highly encourage you all to go and listen to my testimony story, but just a brief overview. And I mean like super brief, super cliff notes. Like if you really want to know um, how I came to faith, you should go watch or listen to that video um, or podcast episode rather. But yeah, so I'm, you know, was baptized as a baby. I don't really know how old I was. I I was like crawling age. That's all I know. So, you know, not even one years old. Baptized. Um, went to church here and there with my parents. My mom grew up Catholic because she's from the Philippines. My dad um, went to church on Sundays with his family when he was growing up just because that's what you did on Sunday. I wouldn't consider him a believer um, or a believer at the time anyway. And the situation now is complicated, and I can go into that in another episode. But anyway, so, you know, grew up going to church on Sundays. Sometimes we went to Mass for my mom. Sometimes we went to um, just like a regular Protestant service. Uh, And, you know, that wasn't necessarily like a consistent thing. I just went sometimes. Um, And then a family event happened in my life. My father had a stroke, led me away from faith. And then I came back to faith when I was at UVA. But more specifically, when I was studying abroad in Australia. So that is the super brief cliff notes of my testimony. And I just thought it would be really um, helpful to give like the cliff notes for those that are unfamiliar with that story. But that's, um, again, super brief cliff notes as to how I came to faith. And I think it's really interesting because when you come to faith, if you're not raised a Christian, you have so many questions. Like, is hell real? Do people really go to heaven? Who is Jesus and why is he God? Um, Do am I supposed to believe that he's God? Um, What does this mean now that I think that I want to follow him and incorporate him into my life? Um, Is there really is it is it really personal or is it more like a 
oh, like, we all love him and he loves us, but, like, that's the end of the story. Like, we follow all these rules. Like, I think that when you walk into faith, um, especially as a young adult, and a lot of your friends aren't believers, and you don't really have a reliable place to go and, you know, ask these questions. And, you know, some Christians are very, like, you don't know that? Like, and they're very judgmental about it, which I think is so sad. And I talked about that in my Kingdom Friendships episode with Lily and how we think, like, you should be able to go to any Christian and be like, hey, I have a question about this. What are your thoughts? Let's, you know, let's return back to scripture, see what that says and, you know, kind of talk it out together. And I'm, and it makes me sad that, you know, that that's not necessarily everyone's outlook um, when you have questions. But anyway, I didn't really have a bunch of believer friends at the time. Uh, that I could go to to ask. I, I wasn't really going to a church because, again, I just come to faith. And the there's a lot of bizarre crap on the internet. Like, there's a lot of stuff about God, a lot of stuff about Jesus, um, a lot of stuff about other quote-unquote gods and all that. Like, there's just, you know, the internet, it's like a big Wikipedia <laughs> where anyone could go and post anything and edit anything. And while that's beautiful, in a sense, because people like me are able to share um you know, our stories, it's also, you know, you have to take everything that's on the internet with a grain of salt because anyone can be posting anything. So, you know, I didn't really, I had so many questions, but I didn't know, um, I didn't know the answers, um, and I didn't know who I could ask. So I kind of walked in faith with one foot in, one foot out for the very beginning part, um, of my faith journey. So I would say, like, I've been a follower of Jesus since 2018. It's 2023. It's year five that I'm following Jesus. I would say for the first three years, I really didn't know who he was. And I didn't know what the gospel meant. um, And I didn't know um, just a lot of the basic fundamental things about what it means to follow him until about two years ago. And if you're in that place now totally okay I've been there and I'm you know happy to share the story that's why I'm doing this in the first place um but you know I don't want you to feel like you know like I'm judging you or that you should be judged for not knowing anything like if you really just want to pursue God that looks different for everybody so I think that it's okay to have questions it's okay to ask questions it's okay to not fully understand what's going on because i was there and it doesn't make you a better or worse christian you're just new to faith and that's okay he just wants a relationship with you he meaning the lord so anyway that's just what i want to talk about um and yeah again i was really confused and there were a lot of misconceptions i had and i wrote those down and i kind of want to unpack those with you guys today so this um, these misconceptions. So the first one I have listed here is God only cares about you following rules. When you come to faith or when you, you know, pick up your Bible or you talk to, you know, anyone who's Jewish, um, and you ask them about faith, it's, you know, at some point the 10 commandments are going to come up or, you know, whatever the 630 plus laws were back in the day for the Jewish, um, the Jewish people, the Israelites. So, you kind of have yourself um, in a pickle because you're like, oh, this is all about following rules, but I'm supposed to be set free. And it doesn't make sense. Um, Like, oh, I can't do this. So for example, it's like, oh, I shouldn't, or I can't go party, or I can't hook up or have sex with everybody, or I can't, you know, lustfully look at other men or women when I'm in a relationship. Um, 
because that's considered adultery or cheating it's like all of these things or i'm supposed to like follow the sacrifice when i've committed sin and all these things so it's like all of these rules that you're supposed to follow but it's really confusing and you feel like you're instead of you know the whole point of this is that we're that our chains are broken and that we're supposed to be set free but when you look at it from a perspective of it's all about following rules i can fully understand where you're coming from when you come to say I don't feel set free. I feel locked. I feel enslaved, even though that's a complete misconception. Because when you choose to follow Christ and you choose, I heard this in another podcast. I I wish these were my words. (laughs) But it's like when you choose to follow Christ, you want to become more like him. You want to emulate what he looks like in you and you want to become more like him. And when you fully pursue him and you fully say yes, doing the things that are opposite of what culture tells you that you should be doing feels good and what you're doing is in line with what god says you should not be doing or that you should be doing instead of not be doing so for example like premarital sex is a big thing right it's like i'm choosing to save myself for marriage because that's you know what God had, like God made sex for marriage and he's doing that to protect us. A lot of the time, you know, especially in today's progressive culture, we're taught that hookup culture is what makes you free. But honestly, if you look at research studies, and this is me being a psychology PhD student, you know, but if you look at research studies, there are tons of correlations, not causation. (laughs) I just want to put that out there. But there are tons of correlations where hookup culture leads to increased symptoms of depression and anxiety and it's just it's really unhealthy and you know you get attached and this is um not really super scientific but this is just like my words it's like like the whole friends with benefits thing is just wild to me because like eventually someone ends up catching feelings and then you're heartbroken and then you're like oh well you only used me as an object or you objectified me when in reality like you both objectified each other and yourselves so it's like all of this complicated mess that comes into this hookup culture and that's precisely why god said or like made sex for marriage and it wasn't to prevent you from having fun it was to protect you and all, a lot of the you shouldn't do this is to protect you another example is do not get drunk on wine but be filled with the spirit that's not necessarily a commandment but that's in the bible and when you are drunk you're not making smart decisions again i've been there and i haven't and i chose and i fully made a decision that like back in october of 2022 i'm not doing that anymore because i want to be filled with the spirit and i can't be filled with the holy spirit if i'm dumping junk into my body and also when you become intoxicated you're then opening yourself to be manipulated by other spirits and i want to do an episode on spiritual warfare um and i will be doing that soon but that also comes into play here. It's like the reason that God says you shouldn't do things, it's to protect you. And the things that you should do are because that's how you become more like him. And why would you not want to become more like God? We're all made in his image and we all have the opportunity to emulate him in our personality and our person. But we can't do that if we're not following him and if we're not following his rules because it it really is his earth we're just living in it he created the heavens and the earth so that's um the first misconception that i wanted to dive into is that god only cares about you following rules that's not true and that kind of ties into this idea that i want to you know review over and over today is this idea of religion or relationship society 
came up with this concept or this construct rather of religion where, oh, like I, I can't do this. I can't do that, but I must do this and I must do that. And it's, uh, if, if you read the Bible, if you get to know who Jesus is, um, and who Jesus is today is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's Hebrews thirteen eight. If you get to know him, he didn't come to pursue rules. The whole point of him coming and taking on our sin as someone who was completely perfect, the like we are set free through his death and resurrection. So the whole the whole idea that we're chained to these rules is absolutely bogus to me and he did not come to make you pursue these rules and to follow the law like that wasn't the whole point the whole point is that he wanted a relationship with you and through his death and resurrection now we can have that relationship with god and that nothing can break that that's linked to another misconception that i have listed here which is god wants you to be perfect or unbroken to get to know you he's only for the perfect or he's only for those who have their life together and if you look at any story in the bible he uses humble people he uses broken people he uses people that you wouldn't necessarily pick first to be on your soccer team or next to you in combat if you look at the story of david right saul who was in command and king at the time was you know this strong tall guy but if you look at david he was a little shepherd boy he was like 13 when god was like you know what you you represent what i want in this world so you're gonna be king next and you're gonna go defeat goliath so if you just look at the bible he's he's not using broken people because that's completely besides the point the whole point is that you don't have to have it all together and none of us do you know i might look like i have my life together i'm this phd student i have a podcast yada 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 i've got my own struggles just as you do all these people that we may idolize or lift up which is a whole other thing um because then at some point that turns into idols but you know like these celebrities it's like oh i just want to be her i love everything about her it's like you know, they've got their own stuff going on. We're all human at the end of the day. So my point is, it's not this idea that God isn't for you because you're broken is completely wrong. Again, look at any story in the Bible and we all mess up. And that's kind of the point is that we need him in our lives because he created us and he created the earth. So this you don't need to be perfect you don't need to have your life together if we did we would need god and that that's just crazy so i i really encourage you if you're struggling if you really just feel like you are not enough that's okay because he is here for you regardless he wants a relationship with you regardless he wants to meet you where you're at he loves you so much he's going to not only meet you where you're at he's not going to leave you there he wants to bring you to something greater so i really encourage you to just think about if you really don't think that you know he can redeem you or that you're not redemptive or that you are not good enough for god i really want you to reconsider that because that's so not what the case is he really loves you regardless and he just wants to meet you where you're at and take you greater i mean look at the story of abraham he married a woman that he knew was barren could not 
continue his family line and he made mistakes he slept with his servant in order to have a son because he didn't fully trust in god and understand like what god was going to do or how he was going to work things and god said i will make you a father of all nations so he we're all broken and that's okay and it's it, it, it takes a lot of courage, I think, to fully sit with the Lord and say, you know what? I need you. I need you so much. And I'm here to humble myself and to bring myself to you. I think it takes a lot of courage to do that. And it's it's a, it's a fundamental step. And I think it's really important to understand that like that's what we're all doing. Like us Christians, we look like we've got it all together sometimes and we don't. And the reason that we can really pull ourselves through the hardships and like all the struggles and the sin and all that stuff is because we know that like through Christ's death and resurrection that we we can be close with him and that he like he's overcome the world already and that he's here for us and that ties into another misconception I want to talk about which is when you decide to follow Jesus life won't be hard this is something I hear all the time like oh life isn't hard for you because you're a christian or you know they someone comes into faith they're like i'm here for jesus and then boom the lord will put that person through um, a challenging season to teach them something a thief only comes to steal kill and destroy so like the thief will come and do something and then they'll blame that on god or they'll say like hey like this isn't what is going like this isn't what's supposed to happen i'm following you life's not supposed to be hard and Jesus tells us that life will be hard and that we are blessed when we enter a relationship into a, when we enter into a relationship with him because there's so much more that he has to offer than the blessing we have living on this earth. He is every like our reward is in heaven he tells us. He says blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for you in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you that's matthew five ten, and john sixteen thirty three. it's one of my favorite verses in the bible it says i have told you these things so in me you may have peace in this world you will have trouble but take heart for i have overcome the world Nothing is a surprise to the Lord. There's never a day where Jesus is sitting on his throne in heaven and he's anxious or he's nervous because he doesn't know what's going to happen. He's fully aware of what's going to happen because he's Lord of all lords, king of all kings. He is God. So when you go through these hardships and you're like, I like I can't believe you like you know you don't know what's happening like you don't understand. It's like he fully understands and he knows what's going on and he predicted that this would happen like it in the bible it tells us that you will have hardship and they're going to persecute you as they persecuted him for following him choosing to follow jesus is a daily decision and it's not necessarily a popular one especially among certain cultural norms especially surrounding like partying and drinking and all that um so this is my my challenge to you is that if you really want to follow him. You really have to follow him. You really have to have faith. You really have to trust that his death and resurrection is what is worth it and is what is going to allow you to get through these hardships because he did that to have a relationship with you so he could meet you in the middle and to bring you to something greater.
those are the misconceptions I wanted to review today. But also, I want to talk about God's character. And this is something that means a lot to me um, and that I want to talk about a lot because part of the reason why I walked away from faith is because I didn't understand who God was and I didn't understand his character. When you don't know who he is, it's easy to place blame and shame and anything awful that happens to you um, onto God and onto Jesus. And I think it's really important that in order to really understand what's happening, that you understand his character, because sometimes, you know, he might put you in a hardship that seems like it's straying away from something, but it's a detour to somewhere better. And it's not something you understand until you can really look back at it later. And you're like, wow, like, thank you, God, for doing that for me. And an example, I went to a young adult um, house party and this woman shared her incredible story of needing a liver transplant for this disease that she was diagnosed with. So um, she got a call from Duke University. She had to drive there from D.C. Like, hey, like you're third in line for this liver. Um, but if you can get here by midnight and um, if you don't hear from us, call us when you get here. We're, we're going to figure this out. So she drives from the D.C. area to North Carolina. She drives to Durham and she gets to Duke and they're like, sorry, the the person who was first in line is actually getting the liver. You're not getting the liver. And it's heartbreaking. And you're like, well, why would you do this to me? Right. Is kind of your first thought if you were her. But then she gets a call the next day from University of Minnesota, who's like, hey, we have a liver for you. If you can get here, it's yours. So she has to drive from Duke University to Charlotte to catch a flight to Minnesota. And as she and her family are driving to Charlotte, her family member texts her and is like, hey, there's a hailstorm in D.C. All flights in the D.C. area are canceled. So while that might have at the time looked like, you know, a slap in the face, God was detouring her to North Carolina so then she could fly to Minnesota to receive this transplant. If she had been in D.C., she wouldn't have been able to make it. So it's just really understanding his character and why he does things that helps you in your relationship with him. So here are a few character things um, about Jesus. Um, For example, um, he is a forgiving God. and this is, I think, the the thing that I love about him the most, because I swore him off for so long. I said so many awful things about God. I said that he didn't exist. I said that he was a bad God and that he wasn't really for people. Uh, I said all of these horrible things and more about him for 10 years because I didn't understand who he was or what had happened to my dad and like what had caused um, the consequences, uh, resulting from the stroke. So, you know, I was, I really just was anti-God. I was full, I was a full-blown atheist for 10 years. And when I came back to God and I decided that, Hey, I'm all in with you. He was ready with open arms and he always was going to be. And knowing that, you know, what I did, I committed blasphemy for 10 years. And I'm sure that broke his heart. But knowing that even though I did that and he still wanted to pursue a relationship with me because he loves me so much is what I love most about him. Uh, The camera cut off, so I'm not exactly sure where um, it cut off. But what I was saying was I committed blasphemy for 10 years. I 
was anti-God for so long and I said all of these horrible things, but then I decided that one day that I wanted to be full in, full on in, dig my heels in deep for Jesus and that I was ready and that I really wanted this relationship with him and he welcomed me with open arms. No one else is capable of doing that, but he loves me and you so much that he wants this relationship with you. And it's incredible to think about it because we all think about someone that is like this that we think you know is very is is very similar to this like my mom you know I could probably say horrible things about her and she would still be like okay no I still love you you're still my daughter but to the like the idea of a human being having forgiveness to the point where it doesn't matter what you do and they still want to pursue a relationship with you is unheard of. It's not a thing. And the only person or, you know, thing that is capable of doing this is Jesus, is God. And this kind of goes back to the misconception I was talking about earlier. It's like, it doesn't matter what you do. Does it mean that you should commit crimes and be a horrible person and use Christ as an excuse? No, because again, when you fully say yes and you really do want to pursue him and be in this relationship with him and walk in the Lord, you are looking like Christ and Christ doesn't go and commit crimes and murder people and do all of these horrible things. So, you know, you really just have to think about what you're doing and think about the consequences of your actions here. But I'm telling you, like, he is a forgiving God and he invites us into a relationship with him. I kind of mentioned this earlier too. He seeks out the humble. Like with with David, he was a 13-year-old boy, shepherd boy, who was like the scrawny little kid. And he was like, I'm going to make you king because you are not bowing to idols because you are not prideful. Does he mess up later? Yeah, but we all do. And that's kind of the whole point is that Jesus comes to redeem. So he's forgiving. He's humble. Jesus, especially, he cares and uplifts women and children. And I have a few verses here that are on that. So Matthew 19, 14 says, Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Back then, a lot of people uplifted and were worshiping the rich. They're like, you have it all. You've got it together. If anyone's going to heaven or if, you know, God is for anyone, it's for people like you. And Jesus says, no, my kingdom's an upside down kingdom. It's for the poor. It's for the children. It's for women. And this is not necessarily like a, a quote of scripture, but if you look in the book of John um, in chapter four, he addresses women in public, which was very unusual and very not in line with the cultural norms back in the day, especially for men at the time that he was alive. Um, he also spoke freely with women that were taken in adultery. This is also seen in um, John chapter eight. And um, with Luke, uh, the book of Luke in chapter 13, um, this is Luke thirteen sixteen. It says, he spoke to women in a thoughtful and caring manner. He called them daughters of Abraham and therefore, according to them, a spiritual status equal to that of men. Men and women were not equal back then especially in that cultural, the cultural norm for a woman to be equal to a man was just not, not a thing. And here it says that he called them a daughter of Abraham, which is a big deal to say that you both men and women are equal in the eyes of me because I created you. It's a big deal. So even before women had any rights, he uplifted women. He cared about women. He also invites us to serve others. This goes back into the idea that he is a humble God. He did not come to serve, but to be served. That is Mark um, chapter 10, 
10, verse 41 through 45, even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. And like I mentioned earlier, he cares for the poor. Luke 6, 21, 22, blessed are you who are poor for yours is the kingdom of God. He promises that the poor will inherit something that is much greater than any of the riches in this world. And again, it's an upside down kingdom. It's not for the people that we would normally think we should be uplifting or worshiping even. And God, he invites us to bring our anxiety and worries to him. First Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for us. And this is something that is so important to understand is that he understands what it's like to be human. God came to this earth and he could have been anything. He came to be human. He came as a boy. He was birthed to a virgin and he lived a human life and he was fully human. So he knows what it's like to be us. He understands what struggles we go through because he was once human. And that's something that's so important. And it really like telltale for me is that when I feel betrayed, when I'm suffering, when I'm not okay, I know that God can meet me where I'm at because he has been there. He was betrayed by his disciples. He was tortured in jail. He was crucified. And then people were like, well, there he goes. Like the only person who came to really honor him in his death was this woman who was going to rewrap him in his tomb on Sabbath, which is like doing anything on Sabbath was just a big deal back then because she was like, no one is like they really they really wanted him dead to the point where they're not even going to honor his body. So it's really important to understand that when you are going through any sort of hardship, he went through such unbearable pain to the point where Jesus asked his father, why are you forsaking me? He came on this earth knowing he was to die. He literally told all of his all of his disciples, I'm going to Jerusalem to die. You're not going to understand this now, but you'll get it later. Like he fully knew what was going on and yet he still suffered and he still had to ask his father, why are you doing this to me? And that's something that is so humbling and it's something that I love about him. I mean, I love Jesus generally, but that like this is another thing that I love so much. He knows what it's like to be us and I have no issue bringing up any sort of problem to him because he was once human and he understands. And I think when you think about it like that, instead of this untouchable higher power that doesn't care about you or want a relationship with you, he just wants you to worship him. When you really shift your perspective onto what it's like to follow him and what he wants um, in terms of a relationship and what that looks like, your entire outlook on what it's like to be a believer changes. My idea of Christianity has changed so much where I mean, I like, yes, I say I'm, re- I'm religious because I follow a quote-unquote organized religion, but for me, it's not about that. It's about this relationship with Jesus that I get to have every single day of my life and that I will have for eternity, whether it be on this side of life or at, ho- in, you know, at home in heaven with him. So that's what I want to con- convey here. And then another thing is that he comes to heal and miracles are real. And I wanted to say this for the end because it's so powerful. Uh, um, among all of these things about him are powerful, but 
If you look at the Bible, he heals a blind man, a leper, a woman with a bleeding disorder. He casted out demons from many people and he raised people back from the dead. And he forgave people of sins, which was quote unquote blasphemy back then because a bunch of um, the religious leaders at the time were like, only God can forgive people of sins. Who are you to be doing this? Little did they know it was God in the flesh. But he came, it didn't matter your social status. It didn't matter how much money you had. He came to heal and perform miracles for those who had faith. The woman with the bleeding disorder was like, if only I could touch his cloak, may I be healed. And it wasn't about like the cloak having some sort of magical like power. It was that she had faith that he could heal her just by what he was wearing. If she could only touch what he was wearing. Um, and I've seen him perform miracles. Um, for example, I was in a really bad car accident and I talked about this in a previous podcast episode, I'm not sure which one, but my car flipped over several times. I was going like 65 miles an hour. It crossed over lanes on the highway and flipped over several times. The rear, uh, not the rear view mirror, the side view mirrors got like chucked off of it. Um, the windshield was completely shattered and concave. Um, but the car landed upright and I was okay. I fully, I just walked out of the car. I thought the car was on fire. Um, and then when I went to the hospital and they were performing like the cognitive exam, chest x-ray, MRI, all of these things, they could not find internal bleeding. They could not find a single thing wrong with me. I have fully lived out a miracle where Jesus saved my life. He was like, you know what? The enemy's coming to attack you, but your my purpose for you on this earth is not done yet. And he saved my life and I forever have and will thank God for saving my life and attribute that miracle to him because that was all him. The 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 police, the emergency room doctors, the nurses, like nobody could figure out how I survived the car accident. I showed them pictures of the car, they told them the story, the woman of the front yard, um yeah, the woman whose property I my car like landed into. Like she couldn't believe her eyes that I was alive. So I'm telling you like in order for miracles to happen, you have to believe in them. And they're real. Like he performed miracles and he does has he's done all these things before, but it's not like oh, oh, he did them back then, he doesn't do them now because it's not who he is. Because Hebrews 13 8 says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And another example, this is a, a more low-key example, but um back in oh, I think it was, I think it was like October or November. Um, I like, th- and it was definitely October. I threw out my back because uh, I moved too fast. Like if I stand up too fast um, or if I move too fast, I get like a spasm and it's like really bad. Um, so I like moved too fast. I threw out my back. Um, I decided to lie in bed. It was like bedtime. It was time to go to bed. And I woke up crying in pain. I like, I just couldn't do it. So then I put myself on the floor because I was like, you know, the floor's got a flat surface that should like even out like uneven pressure, whatever. Um, and I was fully disabled on my floor. I was crying. I like couldn't get up. I called my friends who are in medical school here at VCU. I was like, hey, this is what's going on. I'm in so much pain. I like cannot bring myself to stand up or even sit up. Like I, I can't move. And they were like, well, Jessica, like if you are stuck like this by tomorrow morning, like you have to call an ambulance. Like you can't just be disabled on your floor for um an indefinite amount of time because, you know, as a human like I need food I need water and all these things so you know I I was nervous so I started to pray and I texted all of my my believer friends and I texted my pastor back in Charlottesville I was like hey I need you to pray for me right now like there's I I'm in so much pain I'm I'm disabled I can't move 
And I started to pray. I'm sobbing and I'm, I'm praying in English. I'm praying in tongues and I'm on the floor. Um, and then, and I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm sigh, I'm like, I'm like crying. I'm sobbing. I'm screaming. It's like in the middle of the night, I like cannot move. And I, all of a sudden after, I don't know, like five minutes of just straight prayer in tongues, I'm standing and I am walking. Praise be to God. There, there's just no way that this could have been because of anything else. So my point being, um, to kind of wrap up this episode, this podcast episode, is that miracles are real. God is real. Um, faith is a journey. It's a relationship. But th- honestly, in order to live it out practically and to live out all of what your relationship could be to experience the miracles to really have this intimate relationship with him first you have to pursue him you know writing that means you know going to church reading your bible having a bible study having a small group really getting to know him so like you have to you you just have to pursue him but also having faith and that comes in knowing who he is. The only reason I can confidently say these things is because I know who he is and I know his character. If you would have asked me years ago any of these misconception questions, I kind of talked about this earlier, I would have been like, I mean, maybe, or like, I don't know, or, you know, maybe God was capable of that back then, but he's not now. So it really just comes to knowing who he is and pursuing that intimate relationship with him. I hope this cleared up any misconceptions that or questions that you may have about Christianity. Hopefully this kind of gives you a clear picture as to why I choose to follow Jesus. I'm happy to talk about it further. If you need prayer, always feel free to send me a DM on Instagram or, you know, comment or like send me a message on YouTube or whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really excited and that's part of the reason why I started this podcast. It's because I want you guys to get to know him through experiences that I'm going through and all that. Um, but yeah, I just, I thank you so much for, for listening. And I hope that this is encouraging to some of you guys. Um, I hope you have a great rest of your Friday and a great rest of your week or weekend rather. Thanks guys. Bye.